Hello, welcome to the Hot Soup. I'm here with Eri Bertu, a PhD student in the Government Department. And we're here to discuss the situation in Greece. Welcome, Eri. Thank you. So first of all, can you give us a brief overview of the situation in Greece as it stands at the moment? Yes, um, we had elections this Sunday, and for the first time, the radical left um, party, Syriza, uh, came to power. The Prime Minister was sworn in uh, yesterday, um, Alexis Tsipras, and... Uh, it marks a first for Greece and uh, it created a lot of attention in the media all around the world for various reasons. Um, briefly, the political party system in Greece has changed a lot. Syriza used to be a party that um, was between 3 and 5% of the vote up until uh, the 2012 double elections. The formerly known as two big uh, parties in Greece, New Democracy and PASOK, which was uh, the centre right and the centre left um, have lost a lot of their um, electoral power. Uh, they used to take um, take away about eighty percent of the vote in two thousand and seven in the two thousand seven elections, and now combined uh, less than um, around thirty two percent of the vote. So the dismantling of PASOK has been well documented, um, and the rise of Syriza also in the international media, but. It can only be understood properly if um, we take a closer look at what is happening in Greece, uh, the financial situation and the social situation. So um, sometimes these indicators don't find them themselves inside um, discussions about what is to be done with the financial situation in Greece and the debt uh, that the country is facing. But uh, because of the policies uh, that have been implemented and because of the financial situation in general, uh, Greece has seen a 25% uh, contraction in their GDP, so a quarter of the economy lost. Um, coupled with rising unemployment, presently one in four people is unemployed in Greece. Um, much higher youth unemployment, so 50%, around 50%. And um, that has had profound implications for uh, the Greek society um, with... Um, 23.1% of people living um, at risk of poverty, according to Eurostat. So I think it's Greece is now at the top of the table um, regarding uh, people at risk of poverty. So these uh, social indicators um, show that people in Greece have um, been under enormous strain, and a lot of them feel that there is no uh, more, there's no benefit from the macroeconomic um, policies that have been implemented. Um, policies of austerity that were presented as necessary, and a lot of people thought uh, that were necessary and kind of silently um, accepted, have not um, given the results that they were hoping. And there is a good chunk of the population that feels there's nothing more to be gained by going down that path and that they are ready to try something new, try something different, a newer leader, a smaller party, and a party that has been anti-austerity from the outset. So what we saw from the elections was that the parties that um, gained in electoral um, the support were the parties that were anti-austerity and wished to renegotiate the terms and forge a different path for Greece, and the parties that were punished were the parties that had shared power for since uh, Greece returned to democracy in 1974 and, um, and are associated with the policies of austerity. So other than the opposition to austerity, can you tell us a little bit about 
Syriza and their coalition partners, the independent Greeks. And why have these two parties formed a coalition? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one and perhaps uh, counterintuitive uh, to have a party from the radical left coming and uh, coalition with um, fairly right. I mean, not extreme because we have other parties, unfortunately, to fill that space. But uh, um, so um, Syriza failed to reach the parliamentary majority, so he went into coalition with the independent Greeks, a party that was formed um, in 2012 um, from um, former MP of the New Democracy um, and what, again, that shows, although counterintuitive at the beginning, is that the left-right cleavage, as we know it, in politics has been completely trumped over by the pro-austerity, anti-austerity cleavage. The, it's not yet a pro-European, anti-European cleavage because um, Greeks are pro-European and uh, there's they, they, still widespread support for Europe and the single currency. Um, but it's, it's important to note that the, the people voted and the politicians are acting with that new cleavage in mind. So Syriza have come to power with quite a radical agenda. What are the promises that they've made and how are they going to pay for their programme? Um, Syriza has promised a lot of things to a lot of people and it will be um, hard to deliver on all fronts. But I think the main issue is uh, to renegotiate the debt and the financial plan that Greece is to follow in the next year so that it can eventually stand on its feet. And of course, on the other hand, you have the European partners and the Troika, um, Germany especially, being very firm, um, standing firm on the ground. But uh, I just think that the, the truth lies in the middle and there will be renegotiations and um, hopefully a mutually beneficial solution will be found for everyone involved because... Um, we've seen more and more political and economic commentators um, outside Greece uh, coming to acknowledge that the situation is not sustainable as it is. They will certainly have a hard battle to, fi to fight, um, both at home and abroad, especially abroad. Uh, but I think it's important to note that um, the voters have not given a blank check to Syriza, and um, a lot of... Um, the feedback that we get from people we speak in Greece is that um, they have, are not convinced uh, 100% uh, that Syriza was the right choice, but they are were convinced that the other parties and the policies they were pursuing uh, were definitely not the right choice. So um, there's a lot to be seen. One thing we've seen in recent years in Greece is the rise of the Golden Dawn. In this election they came in third. So what explains the rise of this party, there are significance now and the significance of them coming third in this election? Well, what we saw essentially was that Golden Dawn has maintained its, um, its support, uh, despite the fact that its leader and some of the leading members of the organisation are in jail, uh, facing trial uh, for um, criminal activities. Golden Dawn um, managed to voice um, certain xenophobic um, anti-immigration and anti-democratic even attitudes that might have been um, in the Greek population uh, but came um, due to the economic difficulties and the financial crisis um, and the party has managed to legitimize those voices and uh, represent them in the parliament. These attitudes um, are also um, 
caused by um, ailing political culture in Greece, uh, democratic deficit, and failures of the educational system. And hence, it will take, I think, a long time um, to address, uh, sort of target those voices and try to change them because um, political culture doesn't change from one day to the next. Um, so it's not just the economic difficulties and the economic suffering that we've seen, although certainly that triggered it, because as you said, Greece is not alone in Europe to see those parties and those voices. Um, when you have Finland, when you have Germany, when you have UKIP, although not as extreme as Golden Dawn, um, voicing such um, nationalistic and, and um, xenophobic attitudes, uh, you, you know that it's time for European leaders to take note and understand that their policies are um, having an effect. So what are the various issues that have driven Greece to vote in the way it has, from corruption, tax evasion, Europe, the Euro, austerity? How important are all these various issues? Well, I think that for this election it was mainly um, austerity. So the, the, the main uh, decision was, uh, do you want to continue down this path uh, or change and try to achieve a negotiation anti-austerity, that, that was the, um, the options that was presented to the Greek, elect- Greek electorate. Obviously, tax evasion and the establishment, if you will, was part of that choice as well, because Syriza comes with no political baggage or with much limited political baggage than the other uh, parties. Um, so there was a choice between change and hope, um, and that was the campaign that Syriza led with a younger politician. Um, and promise to tackle uh, the elite, uh, the, uh, the establishment, tax evasion, tax avoidance um, and corruption. So what future does Greece have as part of the Euro and as part of the EU? Well, that's the, the £188 billion pound question, I suppose. Um, I think looking at the Greek people, they are still uh, pro-Euro, pro-European. Um, I think 63% in the latest Eurobarometer um, indicated they are um, in favor of the single currency and the monetary union. Um, so, and uh, looking at Syriza from the outset of um, and their rhetoric from the outset shows that they have come a long way from the extreme, if you will, towards the center. And they are saying that they do see um, the future of uh, of Greece within um, Europe now. The Greek people are suffering from austerity fatigue, and I think it's understandable. And it's not just the Greek people. Uh, it's also people in Spain, and uh, Italians are also looking to Greece. And that's why this election has generated a lot of, um, a lot of uh, interest uh, from all European uh, member states. And one question is, what is the future of Greece, but also what is the future of Europe? And I think it's important that Europe um, also reflects... Uh, on what kind of Europe uh, we want and what kind of Europe is feasible because a lot of people have claimed that um, Greece is no longer um, poses no longer a systemic risk as it did in 2012 and that is true because due to the PSI a lot of the debt um, was transferred from financial institutions in Europe to the new um, lenders, the Troika. And um, Greece is also a relatively small economy in terms of uh, size for uh, the European Union. And a potential exit would not be as catastrophic for European financial institutions. However, that does not address any of the issues, the structural issues 
of the euro um, that also um, contributed to the current situation. So um, Peter Hall has a, a very interesting publication uh, on uh, the euro crisis and the varieties of capitalism uh, showing how uh, the different member states operated um, under very different um, political economies with uh, institutional asymmetries. So imposing the same model on different member states uh, was bound to create problems. So when you have debt problems and uh, debt can no longer be serviceable, you need to make choices on who gets paid and who doesn't. And uh, these are the choices that we're facing now and uh, these are the choices that are driving Europe apart. Um, So even though Greece might not be... um, such might not pose such a systemic risk anymore. I think other countries, bigger economies such as uh, Spain and Italy, um, that again operate under a different political economy with different institutional cultures, which are not going to change from one day to the next, they will um, highlight in the future the problem of the Eurozone. So um, better to take note now and address the issue. So I hope that um, Greek leadership will be able to negotiate with European partners and uh, find a solution that will allow um, the economy to flourish, not just in Greece, but also in the rest of Europe and see some growth. All right. Thank you very much, Eric. You're off the hot seat.